0: Do you believe we have a great show for you guys today? We're giving our NFL draft recap plus a little NBA. So buckle up, tuck it into your waistband. Cause here we go. Three, two, one. We're back.
1: And now this is the
0: moment you've
1: all been waiting for. We are live on the charity stripe podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and
0: we're back baby it's the charity stripe hit your free throws because they are free sewed 440 coming hot at you guys then sewed 439 and i'm joined on this one by alex tossing rock to nikki snacks Kreider. if you want to hear us talk texas football we got a horns up talking texas podcast you want to hear nikki snacks talk padres he's got the ring the bell pods talk with heath bell Love it. We get, let's get Heath on this week, Nick. We will. Not this week. Soon, though? Very soon. Cool. Nice. How's that going? He's down
2: for a lot. He's down to, to do a cross promotion. He's down to go on the radio. He's also down to throw me a live BP so we can settle nice this debate that. once and for all if I can put a ball in play against a major league baseball player.
0: Here's I. I is it crazy? This is how obsessed with this debate I am. It was part of my dream. I had a very vivid dream Saturday going into Sunday. Part of my dream was that I was having, like I was getting married, but it was like so vivid. Like I woke up like in shakes. I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know who the girl was. It was really scary. Um, Shows you where I'm at my life. Then the second dreams, clearly naked, literally the, uh, the uh, second part was, I had like a vision of not just Heath throwing to you, Nick, Mm-hmm. but he had brought back some other like Padres players and like PV was getting some takes in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like this, it would literally be the coolest thing of all time. Like if Jake PV threw a pitch at you, like threw a pitch at you.
2: That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he knows a lot of those. I mean, of course he does. They're his teammates, but like he still keeps in touch with like Mike Adams reliever who mm-hmm. he played for the Rangers for a bit as well. Scott Linebrick. Um, yeah, you know, I think Clay Meredith. I mean, just a bunch of old Padres pitchers, but PV's one of his boys and then he's also homies with Nick Hundley, our our homie that we met down at Radio Row for the Super Bowl who is mm-hmm. now the assistant GM for the Rangers former catcher, but um yeah, excited to see if I can put together some good some good at bats against Heath. I'm I'm going to make contact. I don't know how often that's going to be, but I'm going to make contact. He doesn't throw over it at like 86 anymore. Bro, well, we have to we have to, to finalize this. how many how many pitches, right?
0: What's different for him? Cause he, how many, what's the max pitches he's ever thrown in a game? There's no way he's gone over 35.
2: Well, I mean, he, he plays in over 30 adults men baseball league now, and he starts games. He said he pitched four innings the other day and then went to the outfield and went to first base. Like he just, he's like the best player on his team.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would hope so. He was a three-time all-star. Well, I, maybe there's other guys. It's he, cause he's in Texas now. Maybe there are other guys down there that are
2: good. Well, he said that, he told the guy when he first joined the team to not tell anyone who he was. And I guess no one knew who he was, which how do you not know? But okay. Anyway. And they were like, they, he was hearing murmurs that they were like this, this guy, like he must've played like college ball somewhere. Like he, he must've like been playing somewhere, like maybe like in the minors at some point, like, cause he can hit the ball really well. And you people were like, now he actually is a three-time all-star um, as a, Closer. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. It's so
0: ridiculous. I mean, baseball's been great. Uh, Nick conley you mentioned him the assistant GM with the way the Rangers season started. He might become the GM very soon. Um, baseball's been awesome, but the NFL draft is one of our favorite times of year, boys. Uh, and if you did anyone make money at our favorite spot for the NFL draft? Did anyone make money at betonline.ag?
2: I did not. The only bet that I placed was Aiden Hutchinson um being the first overall player taken and did not happen.
1: I also uh, put money down on on Thibodeau being the first overall player taken, and that did not happen as well.
2: Yeah,
0: it was. I think Trayvon Walker on BetOnline.ag got to like minus four fifty at one point, which that you just know because it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not going to get there until like they have to have some kind of insider information. I feel like for a draft pick, for like a game or a fight like that, could you don't know, you don't know the outcome of that because you know this is not Back to the Future too. Hey, Josh. Yeah. Uh maybe I was wrong. Speaking of odds
1: about specific winners and specific awards. Mm-hmm. Evan Mobley was the odds on favorite to win rookie of the year. And I think he was over I think he was over minus 200, maybe over minus 170 and he lost the award to Scotty Barnes, who very deserving. Both of them deserving of the award, I think Tre- tremendous rookie class. This year in the NBA. But I think that I, I understand why Scotty got it because that team is better. They made the playoffs. Obviously, they're not in the playoffs anymore, but you never know. You never know. So it's it's always worth putting the bet. And I think that's why Nick and I made those bets for the first overall pick for the NFL draft. But if you're looking to make more bets, of course, go to betonline.ag. Uh, you sign up today, you'll get 50% off on your first deposit. Use the, uh,
0: there's actually no promo code anymore.
1: It's just, just, uh, just sign up. Just go to betonline.ag and sign up. Just
0: do it. Do it. Rum and Coke. Do it. Is it? Is it it, rum and Coke? Uh, No, Bacardi and Cola. Bacardi and Cola. God, it is is rum and Coke. Yes. (laughs) But he says it way cooler. I don't like that maybe I was wrong because I don't necessarily know, and we'll get into the draft in just a hot second. I I said I picked Barnes to win, but I don't think he should have won. I don't even think he should have come in second, quite honestly. I think it should have been Mobley than him. Yeah, that's, that's what I felt. It should have been by the end of the year.
1: Yeah, it was more so me just bringing up that sometimes the the odds-on no, yeah, favorite
0: actually doesn't win. It's crazy. It's like that was a shock. That was a shocker for sure. Um, NFL draft, a lot of shocking moments in the NFL draft. I'll start with, I'll go first. I'll give you guys a surprise, and then I'll also say something that wasn't that a big of a surprise. The top ten was pretty much the guys that we thought would go in the top ten. There was not like a lot of, there was no like, whoa, like I can't believe so-and-so took so-and-so. It was pretty like outside, of, like after the Jacks took Trayvon Walker, like you the, the Lions turned it in right away when Hutchinson, then it got to Derek Stingley Jr., who obviously there was murmurs that he was going to slip to the teens. But by the time we did our mock with Tracy Sandler, shout out to her uh, and Joe DeLeon of Believe in Joe de Leon podcast. Derek Stingley Jr. went third in that draft, and we were all very much in agreement that, that would be a good pick. So he went there. Sauce going fourth, we thought maybe a tackle, but obviously Sauce was something that, someone that I didn't mention there. Then it went Kayvon Thibodeau, which unbelievable. Equanu, Evan Neal, London, and and then it went uh, Charles Cross, and then it went you know Garrett Wilson. I mean, all those picks were pretty reasonable. Then it got crazy, which to me the craziest moment, at least. And this is considering Hollywood Brown being traded. We didn't even have any – there was no murmurs of that. The A.J. Brown thing, understandable. But the craziest move in the whole thing, at least the first round, of all the trades, was the Lions going from 32 to 12. We all thought it was going to be Malik Willis, who not only didn't go there, doesn't go in the first or second round, goes in the third round to the Titans, which I thought was a very good pick by them. And they get Jamison Williams, a guy that Nick, you've been a little mum on it, but Toss and I have thought he was the best receiver in the class. Nick, you, 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 you hit on Debo, like no other, who did well, you no, no.
2: I've, I, I think he's a great receiver. I still do. Yeah. I, I was just saying for the chargers, I don't want them to draft wide receiver. A lot yeah. of people were mocking the Chargers to draft either him or Olave. And for me, I, I didn't want that to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. they have got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Josh Palmer, who's, pretty efficient and Jalen Guyton. So for me, I still think Jameson Williams is a great talent. I think he's better than Henry Ruggs. You know, I think he's better than some of the guys that got drafted last year. I mean, I, he's going to be a solid player for that team. Where do yeah, you, uh, want to what, be
1: the, the rest of the guys in this class, he's, I think for Josh and I, at least right now, he's the top of the class. Is, is he that for you or are
0: there other guys that you, yeah, would that's towards? what I was getting at. I, I think curious. for me,
2: Garrett Wilson's number one.
0: Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I thought this, this, I thought I was surprised the Lions got James Williams, but I love that. I love the aggression of them. Um, and they didn't really get, they swapped first, they swapped seconds, and then they picked up a third, and then the Vikings picked up a third. I thought the Vikings, although it wasn't for a quote unquote quarterback, could have gotten a little bit more, uh, especially from an in division rival. Um, but when the Falcons took Drake London, Nick, because Garrett Wilson's your number one, and obviously we love Jamison Williams. Was that a bit of like a? Hmm, I don't know if I would have necessarily done that. And they also have uh Kyle Pitts, they're not like the same player, obviously, but they're both sizable guys. And they yeah, trade, I mean
1: they they got Auden Tate and they also have Cordero Patterson. So they have a lot of size in their weaponry mm-hmm. on the offensive side. But go ahead, Nick.
2: Yeah, I think probably comes down to just being a scheme fit for them and you know, a lot of it comes down to how much they like the player during these interviews and during these, these pro days when they get to have one-on-ones with these players, because it's not just their athletic ability, but it's also the man, you know, that's sitting across from them. And they need to see that this person has the mental makeup of an NFL player and eventually a team leader that they want to continue to have inside their locker room. So those are things that we don't see because we don't get to see those interviews. We just Mm -hmm. get to see the tape. Um, it seems like Drake London was probably their guy the entire time because they knew that no one was going to take a wide receiver before them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He was their pick the whole moment. Uh, Toss, what was the biggest surprise for you in the whole draft?
1: I guess just that it was the, the confirmation and affirmation that the landscape of the NFL has completely changed. I mean, 13 wide receivers taken in the first two rounds.
2: Crazy. And so-
1: uh, how many trades were there as we've already kind of touched on a little bit in the first round. I mean, it it was blink and there's another trade that's been made, right. The moving draft picks, moving back two spots, moving up 18 spots. Like you just mentioned, like all over the place. So I, I think for me, that was the biggest surprise, but I guess I'm not really that surprised because this is what the NFL is going to be going forward. Mm -hmm. We want receivers on, we want them on their rookie contracts, just like we want quarterbacks (laughs) on their rookie contracts, You know, to me, the most valuable guys from a skill position standpoint in the in the NFL right now are Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, right? Because they're so young, they're such dynamic playmakers, and they're so affordable—at least for the moment. So, I'm not surprised that 13 receivers went in the first two rounds, but it's still crazy. It's crazy.
0: I just, what do, what happens to those guys like Jamar? At what point? Because nobody's safe. Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins started the flood like, you know, you could all point to Tyreek Hill, you could point to Devontae Adams this past year, but that would be to cross-border, that'd be like saying LeBron, D. Wade and Bosh started the big three when in actuality, the quote unquote big three era started with Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. So it started with DeAndre Hopkins where made a major receiver like that was moved, but it wasn't as, quote, it was the, the, the well, moves. he was also in a
1: bad situation,
0: right? bad situation. like Tyreek
1: killed, not a bad situation.
0: I guess the situation was bad. They, they did not need to move him. That was completely You're talking about Hopkins. I'm talking about DeAndre Hopkins back in the day. They just, they didn't want to pay him. The, it wasn't it was, that
2: far ago. I mean, that was like two years ago, two, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But the situation wasn't great.
0: It wasn't it wasn't spectacular or pristine, but it wasn't horrific. I think the the Chiefs, though, moving hill. You saw Hollywood got traded for a first, which I thought was a bad deal by the Cardinals. Do though, I do think they made up for it with uh, Madre Sanders. I thought that was a good pick. I thought the Cam Thomas out of San Diego State was a really good pick, and I love Trey McBride out of Colorado State. I thought that was another good pick, mm-hmm. getting Kyler Murray a good weapon. I thought they make up for it with the way they drafted but i don't necessarily love that like they're just throwing around first round picks for these big wide receivers it well, made more sense for aj brown
2: it's crazy because you think about how how much return they got for hollywood and how much return they got for aj you're looking at a guy like debo he must have been worth two or three first rounders i guess i mean <sighs> they said that the jets offered the 10th overall pick and the 49ers declined that so what else was out there that was thrown at 49ers that they didn't accept
0: well I wonder if I wonder if the Lions offer of a first and it's pretty much what the Lions offered the Vikings to go up get Jamison Williams I'm sure the 32nd a third and maybe something there was no way the Lions are giving up a first next year and quite frankly there's no way the Jets are either because the Jets are not in a position to give up two first round picks for a wide receiver and the
2: other thing that you have to consider is that whenever you Decide to trade for a guy like that. You have to be ready to extend and pay him some money. And those aren't teams that need to be spending a lot of money right now. Those are teams that need to build Mm -hmm. with the contracts that they have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Nick, biggest surprise for you though.
2: Well, I think that it's not much of a surprise from the draft. It's, it's more of a surprise within ourselves and how much we got right. I think as analysts or as just football fans in general, we kind of called our shots a lot here. I'm not I'm not talking about specific picks on who was taking them one, who was taking number two, right? We that's always a crapshoot. We talked about it while we were drafting. It is almost it is impossible to pick a perfect 32 first round. It's impossible. Yeah. There's no impossible. chance it's happening. No way, yeah. Just how many different trades there are, how many different guys slide in there. And we just talked about, about Drake London. Like, I don't know that the Falcons had a great one-on-one conversation with Drake London, right? Like they fell in love with him. So I think a lot of it also came down to us knowing that this is a deep wide receiver class and people were going to be taking a lot of wide receivers. This is a weak quarterback class, only one quarterback taken in the first round. And that quarterback was taken at number 20. First time in over 20 years, and that's happened.
0: And then no one took another one until round three.
2: Exactly. And we've been saying it on, our, on our podcast for months now that this is a very weak quarterback class. And if you're a team that needs a quarterback, you should maybe take a look in the mirror and see who you have first and see if that you can roll with that guy. And if it doesn't work out, you wait till next year. Mm-hmm. I've been saying it every single week that teams like the Falcons who ended up getting a quarterback teams like the lions, right? Those guys, even, even the Seahawks, they should wait till next year when there's more talented quarterbacks coming in here. If they suck, they suck. They go ahead and pick a quarterback. So we were writing a lot of those things. Um, but yeah, it it does suck to see some of those guys fall because you know Malik looked like a first round talent the entire time, or people were mocking him there, and kind of feel bad for him as a player. But you know, play with the chip on your shoulder. I mean, the guy went to Liberty, so I'm sure he's used to it. Same with Desmond Ritter, who went to Cincinnati. I like what Desmond Ritter had to say about he's not leaving Atlanta until he gets a Super Bowl. Good luck with that, because I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But it seems like you're never going to leave Atlanta.
0: And um, you could go in these. You could be in these positions to. Look, just because there's only 32 starting spots in the NFL.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's one of the hardest jobs in the world to get. There's a starting quarterback in the NFL, like a real starting quarterback. But there are a guy, Colt McCoy, who's a third-round pick. And Colt McCoy is still in the NFL, and he's making good money, and he's an elite backup. He's a guy you want in your locker room every season, and that's what some of these guys may be. Desmond Ritter may be a backup in Atlanta for a long time, and that's okay. He may get a shot at the start. I think he's, I think he very well could get a shot to start. I mean, the the crazy thing
1: as to what Nick's talking about is that there was only one quarterback taken in the first round. And we know that next year's draft class talent wise from a quarterback standpoint is much more impressive. Mm-hmm. So I guess another surprising thing, Josh, or, or kind of a thing that now seeing how the entire draft played out has me scratching my head is the Kenny Pickett pick because a, a lot of these analysts, a lot of these scouts and GMs thought that Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis were both a better quarterback for Kenny Pickett. And I understand that he's a hometown guy, but I don't know. I I feel like you look a little foolish now because the next quarterback that's taken was middle of the third round. So is he that much better? He better be. He better be that much better than those guys, because if he's not, you've wasted a pick
0: amongst other guys who are very talented. Well, it's yes. We the the thing that we I'm curious, and the question I would have based off of that is who did they feel was breathing down their neck that they had to take him? Because they must have felt that they couldn't wait. Right. Because they would have. I'm with you. I'm sure they. if they felt they could have waited, they would have waited. Because there was talented guys that were a pick 20. Think about all the talent that's still on the board. Think and about also, a guy.
2: They also took two wide receivers in this draft after that Kenny Pickett trade, right? or uh, Kenny Pickett pick. So... Yeah let's just say that they don't take him. Let's say they wait till they're 52 overall or they're 84 overall, which they probably still would have been there. They could have got a better wide receiver. I mean, George Pickens isn't a bad wide receiver, but there is some, some talented guys that they could have gotten at pick 20.
0: Yeah. I mean, the wide receiver is the issue with the, I will say the issue with the wide receiver thing is this, it really is. Especially for the amount. I mean, all of it's a crapshoot, but it's such a crapshoot. like, rugs going ahead of Judy and, and, and CD and Jefferson and Rager going ahead of Jefferson and a bunch of those guys going ahead of T Higgins that season. I mean, that class is great. I mean, like, you know, the, the Patriots took this guy Thornton out of Baylor who ran a four two eight and he's just, it's like, I mean, he's been he, it's an athletic pick and that's what they're doing these days in new England. You know, they have a whole new system to score based off athleticism. That's why they take, that's why they took uh, strange so early. The guard, because he was one of the highest scoring on that, and on their on their scoring system for athleticism, he's like the seventh highest scoring guard since like the eighties. So that's why they went with him there. Whether it was a reach or not, that was the guy they wanted. But it's such a crapshoot. I mean, Toss, you were saying we were sitting there and watching the draft, and you go, Mechie was like the top guy a year ago in the story.
1: Justin Ross went undrafted.
0: Yeah,
2: a lot of a lot of its injuries which is yeah. unfortunate, right? Like you want to see guys come back, especially during modern medicine. We've seen so many guys be great coming back from injury, but that's how Nakobe Dean fell really far because of an injury. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Ab- Ab- Abaje fell because of his injury. Yeah. Justin Ross was undrafted.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, I also, the, the other thing, Nick, you're right. Like we did hit a lot of those picks and Josh, you mentioned that draft with, with Jefferson and, and Judy and Lamb go back and, and listen to the tape on us. And, and there are other guys out there that watch more film than we do. And they were also, I feel like general consensus was that Ruggs wasn't necessarily the guy out of all those, those guys, he couldn't do quite as much as Judy and lamb could. And we were saying that Josh, I know you were quite high on rugs at the time, just because of how fast he was, but those other two guys, we really hyped up in that draft episode that we had done and prior to the draft after watching college football. Same thing with Jefferson. I mean, everyone was up in arms when Rager got picked before Jefferson. They were like, what are you doing?
2: So
0: sense.
1: I-, I think that like we have good intuition about this and we being us on the charity stripe, us, the collective media, like generally has pretty good intuition about which guys are going to pan out. And I'd also just like to say like, it's getting much, much easier to pick who's going to pan out because so many of these guys are tremendously talented. They have the speed, they have the vertical, they have the catchability. Like it is getting really difficult. And it's not just in the NFL, it's in a lot of sports to determine who's going to be good versus who's going to be elite, who's going to be an all pro in the
0: NFL standards. Like that's what gets really, really difficult. That's Mm -hmm. a great point. And it's also, look, here's the deal. I, in that, give you just on that draft class, because it's such an elite draft class for wide receivers with or without rugs. I was, Judy was my favorite, followed by Lamb, followed by probably rugs and Jefferson. But what I liked about rugs was his speed and way he could change the game. I thought it was very similar to Tyree Kill. And if rugs didn't commit the horrific crime, he was fine. he was having a fine season like he's a good he's a valued player but that's the difference like you're talking about between good great all pro and i think there's going to be guys in this draft class who are all pros and i'll kick it off with a team of the draft that i loved and i think that the winner overall and i would i'm curious if you guys disagree of this draft cuz i think they got a couple potential guys who I'm like if i would not be shocked if they're all pros in the future That's the baltimore ravens I thought the Baltimore Ravens absolutely came in here, let the board fall to them, made a great deal with the Cardinals. Linderbaum was the top center in the class. They went and they got him. They, fought, they, formed, they made the interior of that defense more formidable. Kyle Hamilton was a top five talent, but because he plays a safety position, he dropped in the, and dropped in the draft. And they sat there at 14, didn't move up or down, and they just took the best player available. Yep. They signed Marcus Williams to a five year, $70 million deal, but they took the best player available. Ajabo mm-hmm. was a top 15 talent before he the Achilles, nabbed him in the second round. Travis Jones out of UConn, the defensive tackle. Like that was a guy that a lot of people really loved in the interior. He was fantastic, you know, in college at UConn. They got him in the second round. They made six fourth round picks.
1: Their fourth round, they picked really, really, really well. Charlie mm-hmm.
0: Kohler, tight end. Iowa guy State.
1: That, guy that ate us alive ate yep. the Texas Longhorns alive. Also, Jalen Armour Davis is a very good defensive back.
0: Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, it,
1: it, he just plays playing on a team where there was a lot of defensive talent. And a lot of times you can kind of get swallowed and hidden, but that guy's, he's a tremendous DB. And Ojabo, like you already mentioned, like, yes, he gets hurt, but how much of how much of uh, the Hutchinson is Ojabo doing work as well, right? Like we've talked about it time and time again you open up other guys by being an elite player and i I just i couldn't agree with you more josh i think that a ravens team who we already liked when you're a division rival and you're just looking at their draft and you're like this is scary what they're putting together is scary and Mm -hmm. and i i'm not questioning any of the picks that they made because they're not necessarily filling a need they're just getting good players which Mm -hmm you got to respect and Hamilton Linda like Linderbaum of course positionally both number one um when you're getting the best position of guys that have to be on the football field how can you not tip your cap to that yeah there's always a center plank, there's always a safety playing like that it's not a it's not a slot corner who's on and off the field like it's right. different
2: they're my winner as well I think I think we all are in agreement there I think everybody in the media agrees on that I mean they really just if you look at it they got four guys who could have gone in the top top first round or top sorry the first round Hmm. i mean kyle hamilton we mentioned i mean could have been a top five pick lindenbaum was gonna be in the first round if abajo doesn't get hurt he's a top 10 pick travis jones a lot of people had him going in the mid-20s yeah and i was so they got four first round picks really and they just really top to bottom put together a great draft and you've mentioned it a bunch josh every what was it last what three Super Bowls? team under 500 has made it the next year
0: more since the Panthers since we were in college dude since we were juniors in college
2: so I mean this team finished under 500 and they still have the solid weapons they had last year minus Hollywood Brown but Lamar's healthy yeah you know JK Dobbins is coming back healthy they've got an amazing coach in Harbaugh they're not going to be bad at all and this draft really just helps them solidify their spot and you look at the Steelers who are kind of in rebuild mode now with no Ben Roethlisberger. And yes, the Browns address a need getting Deshaun, but how many games is he going to play? We still don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's,
2: it's kind of up in the air. It's the yeah. Bengals, of course, you know, are, are the guys who were in the Super Bowl last year, but we'll see what happens.
0: I just, here's the deal. Yes. Because the Ravens, before Lamar went out, were eight and three and first in the AFC. So it's not like they were a sub five hundred team, like a real sub five hundred. This is a major asterisk to that point that I make, you know, of that stat line. Is since two thousand fifteen, Steelers complete rebuild mode. We'll see how they do this year. I'm not anticipating them, you know, picking outside of the top fifteen with the rookie quarterback or Trubisky under the helm. And it's nothing really against their team because they have so many good defensive players. TJ Watt, obviously defensive player of the year. Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, I thought they drafted pretty solidly actually. Um, but there's so many good teams in the AFC. The AFC is so tough itself that it's just, you know, especially that division like Deshaun will see what happens with the Browns. about some major. Look, that's also a big reason. They probably haven't traded Baker yet either. They don't know what's going to happen. He could be Deshaun Watson could be suspended for eight games. They may need Baker Mayfield to play. That may matter. And then there's a situation of the Bengals who, yes, I mean, look, they won the AFC last year. I still think they hit a little bit above their pay grade. But Burrow gets another year better. Chase gets another year better. Obviously Higgins. And they had three offensive linemen who are going to start for them in free agency. So they're going to be right back in it. They and, just drafted a
1: bunch of defensive players. And that's yeah. what they needed to do.
0: Yeah. And they did well. So it's going to be a very tough division. But I love what the Ravens did on so many levels. And a stat correction to me, Travis Jones was their third round pick. Uh, they took the tackle, that massive tackle from Minnesota uh, in the fourth round, who was a guy people were saying could be like a mid to third round, late second round pick. Then there was a situation of how the Hollywood Brown situation, they traded him, and opposite of what the Titans did, Titans trade A.J. Brown and then draft Traylon Burks, the guy who – that was like the pro comp. The Ravens go against the grain. They go against the grain of the whole draft, really. The Ravens don't really move up to get anybody. In fact, they traded back at one point from 23 to 25 so the Bills can go up and get Kier Elam, who had one of the best moments in the the call when he called the Buffalo Bills owner. He was just telling him to put the playbook on the plane, and that's a guy that's a winner or that's a guy that wants to be there. That's a guy that understands where he got drafted. He understands that getting playing time in Buffalo because that's a championship team is not going to be super easy. He wants to see the field. That's a team that can contend and can win a Super Bowl, and he wants to be a major part of that. Similar to how Antoine Winfield Jr. As a defensive back, was a major part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the Super Bowls rookie year. And there, I think the Ravens going against the grain of what the trends were in the draft, not taking a wide receiver, taking the best player available, moving back, not moving up. I thought that was really smart, and I respect their whole draft strategy, not even just the guys they picked.
1: Winning in the NFL is not about doing everything at a B minus level, right? You have to do specific things at an elite a plus level Mm -hmm. and know the identity of your team. So there's, there's no question why they took two tight ends in the fourth round in case Charlie Kohler doesn't work. They got Isaiah likely from coastal Carolina, right? Like we already talked about it. They're a defensive minded team. So they tried to bolster that defense they're going to run two tight end sets. They already have Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. Hollywood Brown dropped a lot of catches for them last year. Yeah, he, he was much better, and I think he took a step forward. But Rashad Bateman, when he was playing, looked to be a number one wide receiver caliber type player with his size, his speed, his hands. I, I wouldn't be worried that they lost Hollywood Brown. If you were a Ravens fan, I wouldn't be worried. There's, yeah. also, there's also unrestricted free agent wide receivers, there's- veteran guys who they could go sign.
2: They've they've been very deep at that position for a long time, whether everyone knows it or not. Devin DuVernay is going to produce our Texas boy. Um, They've got a, um, who's a a Porsche, right?
0: Porsche. I think he's left out in Baltimore or do they have him? I'll double check you. I could be wrong.
2: But Bateman's great. I've been high on Bateman for a while too. If you go listen back to the, to the, uh, the old draft episodes, that's been my guy for a while. Um, another team, though, that I think really crushed it, and it's hard not to crush it when you have three first-round draft picks. But the Jets, I think they really got better. Um, a team that's rebuilding, of course, but these are all people and players that can really turn this franchise around. You know, with a young quarterback and and Zach Wilson, you got him in a weapon, and Garrett Wilson, and adding a running back like Brees Hall is is something they needed to do. And Jermaine Johnson falling to them at twenty-six overall also great sauce Gardner. We'll see. I mean, I think he's going to be great, but I say this all the time.
0: You're right. It's really hard
2: to hit on cornerbacks in the first round. So I'm really hoping this doesn't turn out to be, you know, Morse Claiborne situation um, where they take a guy super early on and he just becomes a total dud as a defensive back. But I do think on paper, this draft that they had is definitely in my top three.
0: Nice. I, and I, you were right. They have James Prosh in Baltimore. I think. Yeah. They got a guy in Jermaine Johnson. A lot of people thought they were going to take a 10. They went back in and got him a 26. Garrett Wilson's your favorite receiver. Sauce is your favorite corner. And I completely agree that corner is a really tough position to predict. Um, but look, if you're going to take a guy, he's got the length, he's got the size, and he's got the capabilities. Um, I, I thought the Jets had a really did a really nice job. Toss, who is a team that you really loved? I mean, this is partially, uh, again, I, I mentioned already that like the
1: distinction between great players, good players, starters, guys that you can have on your roster, and then all pros is what I'm really looking for when, I, when I'm evaluating how teams drafted. And to me, despite some question marks in rounds two through seven, the Giants taking Kayvon Thibodeau at five and Evan Neal at seven, the, in my opinion, the best edge rusher and the best tackle, both guys who I think, if they stay healthy, could be all pro type of guys, pro bowl type guys is exactly what they need. They need a guy on the edge that can cause mayhem for the rest of these NFC East quarterbacks. You know, Carson Wentz is a guy that we know can crack under pressure. So put some pressure on him, right? And see if you can't beat the, the um, commanders both times this year. And then the same thing with with Neil. He's just, you you have to continue to bolster that offensive line. And I think he does exactly that for them. So just for that reason alone, I, I have to give the Giants a, a dub. On this draft, it's completely big, time dub.
0: big time dub. It's completely different what they've done in the past. They took a quarterback that they should not have taken. Took a running back second overall. It took a gadget wide receiver last year. Now though, what the regime did put in place for this new regime, the old regime, they did take Andrew Thomas, who struggled rookie's rookie year, but is good in his sophomore year. He can now move to right tackle. He could have Evan Neal at left tackle, or he could flip flop him. But either way, you have two bookend tackles. They could have the two best players in this draft, like you're saying, Toss. And I wouldn't be shocked. And at the end of the day, you can't lose a draft like that. I think both New York teams crushed it. I'll shout the Chiefs and the Texans because I thought both those teams did a really good job. I was going to say the Texans, I, I like what they did too. Yeah. I am yeah. going
2: to shout out my team, the Chargers. I really do think they did a great job on this draft. Zion Johnson was great. Josh, you were high on him. You won the Pats to take him. Oh, yeah, it was a great pick. Really smart, really great physical guard. He can actually play anywhere on the offensive line, but he's probably going to play up playing guard. Um, out of Boston college. And i just watched a few interviews with him and he's just a whiz kid. Honestly, he's got like a computer science degree. Um, He's just, he's phenomenal, but also JT Woods out of Baylor, the safety. He's allowed one touchdown since 2020. That's crazy. I mean, that's, that's the guy that I think is really going to help the secondary put him on the opposite side of Derwin James. And then Isaiah Spiller, the running back out of Texas. I I I I, I, I wanted him the entire yeah. time and i don't know how how early he was going to be taken he has a couple of injury histories but you need a guy to help out austin eckler cuz let's be honest austin eckler knows he's not every down back right and he we can him make him show. the number one back but he he says like he said on our show that he's a smaller guy you know he needs a little bit less of a workload and isaiah is the perfect bruiser to put next to him mm-hmm. yeah he can catch he can catch also, passes really well too <clears throat> Also, just to really go on really quickly, um, Jamari S- Sailor—he's—he's um, he's the, uh, the the tackle out of Georgia. Um, he's listed as a guard, but he's had some pretty great years as well. They just say that he's his mobility is not the best, but when he plays, he's good.
0: Yeah, and I think the biggest boomer. I think you guys did a great job. with the Isaiah Spiller pick was excellent went to sit there and wait for that. I would the, the Seahawks. Or the or this last team I'll throw out as a sleeper teams have a great – they have a very sneaky draft. It's a very boomer bust draft, but I thought they took some guys that can be really good or this could be a draft that's going to stink on ice. We'll hey, see. At least
1: we knew who their first-round pick was this year. That's a win. That's a win for them. Yeah, it's jo- a
0: big win for them. Josh, uh, who,
1: was, uh, who was one guy that the, the Pats took that you liked or that you think could pan out?
0: I think that Strange is going to be a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt in my mind after we made that. Cole's range. Yeah. No one. No, one I, love that I love that video.
2: I love the video of, uh, um, McVay and the GM sitting there while they're getting interviewed a press comments. They're like, Oh my gosh, strange. Just went. So I, dang, I, I can't believe we just spent time researching him thinking he'd be there in the third round. All right, mm-hmm. cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I, I was, it was a strange pick to say the least. I had no idea what was going on there. Um, but I trust bill, Vehemently drafting offensive linemen, he does Tooney, Shaq Mason, Dave Andrews, Isaiah Wynn. Every time the guy, when he like every time we bring in an offensive lineman, it's uh, it's honestly been a home run lately. So I trust. And him you drafting. also
2: got one of the fastest wide receivers in the draft out of the kid and bit from Baylor. We'll see. We'll see the
0: things that Bill doesn't really draft well: are corners and wide receivers. Every time.
2: Yeah, but like, I'm look, just saying the speed is there. I mean that's yeah. undeniable.
0: Undeniable speed. I like Pierre Strong. Our buddy Joe was like, "Take a deeper look," and I did. And I, I love what we have with Pierre Strong. I mean, I love Damian Harris, of course, but I think he could, you know, kind of slot in with. I think he could be better. I'm hoping he'd be better than Ramondre Stevenson.
2: Strong and strange, baby.
0: Strong and strange. Yeah, um, that was what I liked. Uh, and Toss, I know you you started off with a with an interesting uh, draft of the Cowboys to Tyler Smith. Um, but how did you guys? What was a pick that you really liked? So there was one guy that you guys took that I thought was dope.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I gotta like just just gotta trust your your ownership in in GM when they take a guy like Tyler Smith but i think that a lot of like real football nuts actually like him a lot as a prospect he's just he's a project right like it's not going to be this year where he is looking like an excellent tackle but he's huge he's absolute he's a behemoth of a man um so he should be able to hopefully slot into T Smith's spot when he no longer can do it anymore um but I liked... No, I mean, I know, Josh, you like Tolbert, the wide receiver from, lot, from South yeah. Alabama. I think he can do a little bit of everything. He's got size, speed. Um, my favorite pick that we made is the Damone Clark pick because it's a guy that's not going to play in 2022. And the Cowboys do this sometimes. I think that every team that does this, that takes this approach and strategy, it always seems to work out. A guy that has a, a major injury, but the health... the health, uh, staff from the specific team evaluates him the doctors evaluate him and and deem that that player can come back and be a successful nfl player he's not going to play at all in 2022 but he's an inside linebacker very talented went to lsu obviously a lot of good linebackers come out of that school and and the sec just in general but next year when he comes back i think it's going to be a jalen smith situation where we have a starting linebacker next year and we drafted him in the fifth round this year and it's one of those situations where i'll always take that as opposed to a I'll take a flyer on a guy that I know is good when he's healthy versus a guy that played at a small mid-major or an FCS who I have no idea if he can ever, he's not going to get bigger or faster. So I I don't know if he'll ever step into an NFL starting spot.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a great pick. I mean, a very under the radar pick, a guy who I'm curious to see where it's an inside linebacker. So those guys generally don't go as high unless they're absolutely out of this world. Right. Um, but I'm curious to see where he would have gone had he not had the spinal fusion uh, surgery, but I think he yeah, has a really sneaky pick. And they've done that before in the past. And he always trusts the Cowboys with the offensive line because like the Patriots, they hit all the time. Um Before we go to NBA, we cook a little NBA hit. Uh Who's going to have the first pick next year? We did it on our YouTube live show, but after seeing how the dust settled, Nick, who's going to have the first pick in the draft in 2023?
2: Oof, man. Um tough i mean you also just have to consider the other teams in the division and uh i i think the seahawks might do it honestly they didn't they didn't go and get a quarterback and they're saying geno smith is leading the race right now against drew lock so if they don't go off and get a quarterback whether that's baker mayfield or anybody i don't think they can be very good at all next year and they may end up trading dk metcalf for some draft capital um so i'm gonna go with them
0: Mm. i i think that they're going to be in the top five. I can't put them one up. I'm a, I'm a coin flip between Carolina and Chicago. I don't think Chicago did enough to help fields necessarily. I like the guys they took in the defensive backfield, but I don't necessarily know if that was an area of need. I would have loved to see them help fields a bit more. And then I think Carolina is just a no man's land.
2: I also would not be shocked if Jacksonville was picking for the third year in a row. That,
1: that would be, that was my pick on the mock. And I think I'm going to stick with it, especially because you know, I have a little bit of stock on Davis Mills Island and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a small Island, but I've got a, you know, a little hut there. So Texans I t- are
0: going to be better than Jacksonville.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I, I think so. They have more direction
2: in my opinion. Shocker here. I don't know if the Texans are going to be picking in the top 10, uh, any, any guys that were taken that
1: are serious head scratchers for the two of you before we move on to NBA. Um or you're just like, what were you doing? Because I, I feel like yeah. we've, we've mentioned already that it doesn't happen
0: as much as it used to. I don't really love the Dotson pick. I like that the commanders move back to get him, but I thought they could have moved back further and get Dotson. I think they got scared and got, you know, that that's your guy, that's your guy. And Dotson could be great, but and you the commanders needed a wide receiver. But I, I do think that Washington jump the gun. And I think Traylon Burks is a better prospect than Dotson and I don't really love taking him at 16 ahead of Traylon Burks.
2: Yeah, I think that was a mistake. No, nothing for me was too crazy. Um, the, the one thing I will say is I thought Matt uh, Areza would be the first punter taken and he wasn't. Uh, the punter out of Penn State got taken by the Ravens but Matt Areza has been on everyone's radar as the best punter in all of college football so he'll uh, have a little chip on his shoulder playing in the NFL this year.
1: Mm-hmm. What, yeah. um. But the only thing that really, and I hate to get like nitpicky over a third round pick, but (laughs) the 49ers taking Tyrion Davis Price and and picking, you know, if anyone's listened to our our horns up show with Quan Cosby, uh, they know that we don't like Brock Purdy. They picked him as Mr. Irrelevant. And I have been just like a hawk looking at all of the, uh, undrafted free agents that have been signed. So many of those guys are better than Brock Purdy, and you you have Trey Lance. You don't need a quarterback. You don't
2: need a force. You, you still have Garoppolo too.
1: Right? Like, why are you why are you doing this? Like, there are guys that were actually like legitimate that could end up being NFL starters. You know, he'll never be an NFL starter. Like, what Over. are you doing? And and Davis Price. How many running backs do you need in the rotation? Like. How many? There were other players that were available at that time um, in the draft. I mean, like Zach Carter, David Bell, a wide receiver, Josh, who who you really like out of Purdue. Like, yeah. what if you do trade Debo? Like, it, it, just to have another wide receiver flyer that you could have on your team as opposed to a running back. Like, so they've got like six on their roster right now. Like,
0: so many running backs, and also like take Justin Ross, the last Mister Eleven pick at that point, right. Where was he? Like just someone take him. It made no sense. Um, but yeah, I thought the draft was a lot of fun, it was really great. Uh, quick on the NBA quick. Here's what happens. Well, I I, I knew this was gonna happen the Celtics, man. I knew this. Before we before we talk about the Celtics,
1: I think part of the reason why the Celtics struggled, uh <laughs> is because they weren't wearing the right threads, Josh. That's and true you know, I really like their black uniforms that they rock. Those are, Mm. those are really nice threads. And, 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 you know, another company, a clothing company that I absolutely love is 10,000 because they make the highest quality, best fitting and most comfortable training shorts that I have ever worn. Uh, you know, I've been wearing their seven inch interval short and their versatile, uh, the shirt. I have like a kind of like a puke green (laughs) version of it. Uh, but it's, so comfortable. It's great to to work out in. Nick, I know you like their shorts as well. Have you been just hitting the gym big time in them?
2: That was that color was just such a great, vivid picture you painted for me. for, yeah. your, for your shirt, Cute green. Man, I gotta get me one of those. Yeah, uh, yeah I love my ten thousand garb that they uh, sent us in the mail. Really high level stuff. You know, I'm a I'm an avid shopper at Lululemon, and this really goes tip or tat and uh, can can yeah, it it can get in the ring with Lulu. And they can brawl. Um, the shorts are really comfortable, really breathable. Um, can wear them out, going to the grocery store. Can even wear them the beach if you want to, work out. Um, and the shirts, man, those are great. They, uh, they feel nice, sweat-resistant, water-resistant. Feels good. Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and the great thing, I mean, you mentioned Lululemon. And the reason why 10,000 is so much better, not only is the, the quality of the product better, but they're also offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase. So go they to 10,000.com slash Stripe S T R I P to receive 15% off your purchase. It's 10,000.com slash Stripe S T R I P E.
0: Boom. Love it. Love it. Love it. And list it. uh Real quick NBA. If I may, I love the, the, the Warriors grizzly series is going to be great tonight. We'll see Sixers versus Miami. No Jojo prize of game three, toss your Mavs, go to Phoenix. I think you can sneak it. I think you can do it. I think it's possible. I think the Grizzlies are going to get bounced by the Warriors, especially after losing game one in Memphis, but I think they're going to put up a great fight and it's going to be an awesome series. The whole after thing Draymond, after Draymond got ejected for, yeah, well, should not have been a flagrant too, but yes, agreed. He's re- he recorded the podcast, like right after it's hilarious. The thing with, I want to just touch on the Celtics. Mainly my team. It's the biggest, it was the most surprising quote unquote mo- motion of the day for what people were predicting. And this is what happens. Middleton goes down. The Celtics sweep a Nets team that's not that good. Outside of KD and Kyrie, they have not a lot of depth. First year head coach. There was a point in the season where KD and Kyrie combined for almost 90 points and they still lost. So this Nets team was nothing to write home about. We sweep them. Yeah, sure. It's a big accomplishment for Tatum and Brown to sweep Kyrie and KD. Middleton's out and everyone's riding this wave and they completely forget that not only did the Bucks win the championship last year, they also have Giannis who is the best player on the planet right now and is proving it once again. He is the best player on planet earth and the Milwaukee Bucks swarmed Boston. It was a similar treatment that Boston gave the Nets. It's not like the Bucks shot the lights out of the place. It's not like they They shot. They put they shot well from three, but I, But you're right. Where they won the game was they out-physicaled
1: the Boston Celtics, which is exactly what they did to Brooklyn. They, yeah, they beat him in their own game. They bodied Kevin Durant every single game, and Giannis bodied Tatum. Body. I mean, the, the alley-oop off the backboard was just emblematic of everything that that game was for them. Brook Lopez tormented anyone from Boston who drove to the paint. Peyton, Peyton Pritchard now, you know, when you're up five points and he hits a three and he's shooting, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got nothing to lose. Those shots look good, right? And a lot of times they go in, but when you're down seven and it's 15 seconds still left on the shot clock and he's firing away a three instead of Jason Tatum shooting it, that's when you you kind of scratch your head a little bit. J- Jalen Brown also was, he was abysmal. abysmal. He, I, I, they kept showing that, that put back dunk. And I was like, stop showing it because he had a terrible game. I don't care about that dunk. It means nothing to
0: me. We had a couple of threes the end of the game to pump the stats. And Peyton Pritchard completely shot us out of the third quarter. But I felt he didn't Al shot, you know, we shot so many more threes than we did twos. Al was ripping threes, Peyton was ripping threes. We we're just trying to shoot ourselves back in. And we continue to shoot ourselves out of the game. And the biggest point was that's all we felt we can do because Tatum had nowhere to go. Brown had nowhere to go. Wes Matthews was ferocious man possessed this is not going to be an easy series for boston anyone that thought one of our buddies was telling me nick nick did a great job djing buffalo club uh in santa monica the other night one of our buddies who was drunk as a skunk was getting in my grill about how we might sweep them maybe five maybe five some guy at a party the other day to me was like maybe you guys got it in five i was like no we don't have it in five.
1: No, it's going to be really tough. I mean, whenever it's
0: not losing a series ever in five, sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah. Whenever the away team wins the first game, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on the higher seated team. And, and obviously Boston kind of has a, every game's a must win in a, you know, best of seven series. But really when you've gone down to one and you have one more game at home before you get two games on the road, that game is truly a must win. So if the bucks take another one in Boston at <clears> T <throat> garden, this, this could be a, a dicey series for the Seas, But I, I do expect Udoka to whip up some stuff. Um, you know, he's going to make adjustments. He's, he's going to see what he can put together for this team. Marcus Smart obviously was banged up. Rob Will, I, I love that guy, Josh, but he leaves his feet too much. He scares me every time he jumps because I, I, I don't see how he can play an 80-game season, you know, 15 games in the playoffs if they want to make a finals run and not get hurt the way he plays he's so out of control I, he's such a tremendous athlete but I, I I feel like every single game I'm watching him get banged up in one way or another.
0: There's no polish to his game. There's no polish to his game. It's too raw still for as good and talented as he is. Like you're saying, he's such a raw game. Hey. David we when we let him unleashed, he said it about Zion. The way you fall on a player, like the way you fall down, the way you jump in your athleticism, it takes a toll on your body, especially for these big men. I was explaining to someone the other day, like, look, you've hurt your shoulder in basketball. It's, it's tough, very tough. But if you're a big man and you have a lower leg injury, that is a brutal thing to come back from. And it nags, especially in your feet. And the way Rob will plays is, is frightening at times. He's so good, but it's like, you know, we need you for a long time. We need you to be an anchor. So it's definitely worrisome. Now, hopefully, that was a reality check for Boston. Uh, great NFL draft. Any other notes? Anything you guys want to shout out? Anything you guys want to touch upon today in this lovely episode?
1: No, just keep keep an eye on baseball. Do you guys feel like this one quick baseball question? I'll, I'll throw your way because we're talking about closers. We're talking about Heath. Are closers on other teams the the player? That people, MLB fans, especially ones that are not diehard fans, not statisticians, not in you know, MLB fantasy, fantasy baseball leagues, are they the, the players that we know the least about? I mean, Nick, you were talking about how Heath was kind of unrecognizable for some of these guys.
2: Yeah, well, it's, it's relievers just in general. I mean, there's right. guys in the bullpen that I see all the time that I have no clue who the hell they are. Like what, especially my, like what, what their face looks like, right? It happens like, to my own team. It's like, who is this guy? I mean, there's just so many different pitchers out there, and with bullpens and with just arms in general, they get used sometimes at a really high rate, and so they got to move guys up and down to get fresh arms in there, and they could be minor leaguers that you've never heard of.
0: Mm, You you could close, you could have one sixth season, and that's it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like he had like three great seasons. Three great seasons, but he had three great seasons. Brian Wilson had like four or five great seasons. But he just had four or five races, like guys like Hafgagne. Taniyong had a couple. Won the Cy Young. a K Rod, K Rod was a bit of a better, a little, a little longer, a little longer, longer stay. Yeah, but Hoff, guys like Hoffman and Mo and Kimbrell are like, and Kenley Jansen are just not a dime a dozen to be honest. And I, I mm-hmm. have a, and for me to even throw Kenley in with those three, and for me to even throw Kimbrell in with those two, and from even throw to Hoffman with that, one. like Mo is like literally the jerry rice of baseball
2: Mariano it's it's though. mo and hoffman those are the two
0: it's mo <gasps> hoffman and then i think kimbrell's getting in we'll, we'll see how he finishes but he's your boy
2: your boy pap will be was
1: pretty
0: good too yeah. but like how for how long keith folk for like yeah. how long those guys like nick saying these guys like it's tough to keep throwing that hard for that long Chapman is is Ringhausen. Chap, yeah chapman's in the mix Chapman Wagner yeah yeah bwag yeah it was great it was, was really awesome is there anything better than just sitting around naming baseball players? Absolutely. Well, not. it's
2: fun. It's the best. That's I mean, that's the old Harmon killebrew game that we used to play. Yeah. And then we came to LA and we were the only ones that knew baseball, so couldn't really play that game anymore.
0: <laughs> you have to open it up to just any famous person. Yeah. <laughs> Fans out there, drag both feet and bounce, are gonna full count with that pocket that your PKs because they free and free throws. Why guys? Because they are free. Because they are free. We outshow we love you. <sighs>